Welcome to Global Dispatches. I am your host, Mark Leon Goldberg, editor of UN Dispatch. And in this podcast, we discuss topical global issues and we go deep with foreign policy thought leaders and celebrities who discuss their life and career. Hey everyone, so I have something of a special bonus episode of the podcast today. So the previous episode, which I published yesterday, uh, it's my interview with journalist Wycliffe Muga. It takes a look at Obama's visit to Kenya. And we spend a really long time, about 30 minutes, just talking about Kenya, Kenya politics, putting this Obama visit to Kenya in its proper context. And it was a great conversation. You should check it out. But one thing we didn't talk about was the second leg of Obama's trip to Africa, which is in Ethiopia. So I decided to call up Laura Say, a professor at Colby College in Maine, and a longtime and frequent guest of Global Dispatches podcast. I believe the third episode of the podcast is my long-form interview with her, and you should go check it out. But I wanted to talk to Laura, who is an Africanist and, and one of America's leading Africanists, about this Ethiopia trip. I mean, this is the first time that a sitting president has ever visited Ethiopia. The country is a longtime U.S. ally, though it has a troubling human rights record. Specifically, in recent months, there's been a crackdown on journalists and civil society. So I wanted to have Laura put this leg of the trip into a larger context and have a deeper conversation about Obama, human rights, Africa, and U.S. policy towards the region. So enjoy. I think you will love this special bonus episode of Global Dispatches. And here is my conversation with Professor Laura Say, who you might know as at Texas in Africa on Twitter. And if you don't follow her and you're on Twitter, you definitely should. Okay, here is Professor Laura Say. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Under the Obama administration, uh, U.S.-Africa policy has become considerably more, you might say, securitized or militarized. Um, you know, the, the military presence on the continent is, is much stronger today than it was six years ago. And there, there are reasons for that. You know, I think a lot of this started under the Bush administration, the creation of AFRICOM, those kinds of things, and the, the global war on terror. Um, but we see, you know, a far greater American presence um, across the continent. And Ethiopia is um, a big part of those efforts. They're a, a very reliable partner for the United States. Um, and it's seen as being in our strategic interest to, um, to maintain that partnership with the Ethiopians, particularly as it relates to Somalia. Um, and Somalia, of course, being across the Gulf of Aden from Yemen, um, we, you know, there's well-established pipelines of people and weapons moving back and forth across those spaces. So I think that, you know, a lot of it is this trip is about signaling to the Ethiopians that the United States considers them a, um, a valuable partner and um, wants to 
wants to show the importance of that relationship. But does it signal perhaps to other countries in Africa or even beyond that so long as you're a reliable security partner with the United States, progress on issues like human rights or, or inclusive democracy needn't, you know, be as, you know, needn't be pursued as vigorously? Absolutely. And I think that that's, you know, that's the key. And that's the crux of the criticism that I'm hearing both um, from human rights activists um, in the United States and Europe, but also from a lot of African civil society leaders and activists and not just in Ethiopia, but but across the region. You know, people see the United States as hypocritical. The U.S. talks a big talk about democracy, about the promotion of rights, about free and fair elections, about allowing free speech and free media. Um, and Ethiopia doesn't really have any of those things. It's it's a it's a autocracy controlled by a very small group of people uh, who, you know, are in the habit of arresting bloggers and journalists and activists and um, shutting down media access when when they feel threatened or when they feel a need to prevent protests or stop people from from speaking out. So you know, that I think that criticism is fair. There is a hypocrisy there. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you think of this, like I, like I think of it in social science terms, the U.S. top priority is not uh, necessarily what the U.S. says it is. And, and certainly I think this is not just true of the Obama administration. This is true of every administration across both the, the Democrats and the Republicans. They always prioritize security and stability um, over the sort of more high-minded ideals and, and human rights um, human rights ideas. So let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Ethiopia specifically. So it's it's essentially a one-party state. Um, the previous prime minister who had ruled the place for a couple of decades, Melis Zanawi, uh, passed away, died in office, succeeded pretty seamlessly, it seemed, by his successor, uh, Prime Minister Heli Mariam. Uh, I I guess, like, and and now it's 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 you know the most recent elections or something like you know, a hundred percent of the seats in the parliament are occupied by that <laughs> by that one party. Right. Um. You know, compared to say Eritrea, it's like not nearly as 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 horrible a human rights abuser as Eritrea, but it's not a, a great place, particularly for journalists and and civil society. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's a fairly low bar to compare it to Eritrea, but um, it's it's certainly yeah, it's not a democracy, and and I don't think anyone pretends it's a democracy. I mean I do think that one important dynamic here is also that you know there are there are high level officials, uh, particularly on the Africa side in the Obama administration, who had close relationships uh, with the previous Prime Minister Meles Zenawi um, that date way back. Um, you know, into the into the 80s and 90s, um, at a time when the people that Zanawi was allied with um, were fighting against a, a Marxist dictatorship, which also did a lot of really horrible things. Um, and this is why you saw, for example, the National Security Advisor Susan Rice delivered a eulogy um, at Melissa's funeral. A couple of years ago, you had a U.S. a former U.S. ambassador to Ethiopia who also delivered a eulogy there. Um, and you know, when you talk to people about what's going on there, they'll say, "Well, they're not as bad as as the the guys who were there before them." And so, and Ethiopia has made a lot of progress um, in terms of development, in terms of economic growth. Um, I think it's really important to understand that that development is not uh, equitably spread throughout the country. There, are, you know, people in urban areas benefit more. Certain ethnic groups get excluded from a lot of the development opportunities. Uh, but those relationships are there. And 
you know, very influential people. Um, Gail Smith, who is the Africa director for the National Security Council, currently awaiting confirmation to head USAID, um, is another person who has, you know, very longstanding personal ties to many in the leadership in Ethiopia. And, and that's coming into this as well. Um, so the trend in Ethiopia is certainly towards a shrinking of the space for civil society uh, and uh, journalism in, in, and uh, freedom of the press in, in particular. Um, is that trend limited to Ethiopia or are there other important countries in the region and on the continent uh, that are backsliding in similar ways? I think that's a great question, and I think we're we're seeing kind of two opposite trends in different African states, and and in some states, space is opening more and more, and and these places are becoming more democratic, more more open to free speech, um, more open to protest, all of those good things, and then Ethiopia would be on the side with those, and there's there's a definite trend in some places where space is shrinking and the state is becoming more authoritarian, so on the side where you know significant progress has been made in the last. 15, 20 years. I would say places like Nigeria, Senegal, Ghana. Um, these are not, they're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but certainly things are better than they were, um, you know, two decades ago. Um, but on the other hand, you have places like Ethiopia, Rwanda, the Democratic Republic of Congo, South Sudan, where there are constitutional guarantees in some cases for pre free press, or certainly there was a time when it was okay to to be in opposition or to protest and and those things are becoming more and more difficult and more and more dangerous for civil society actors and journalists so i think there is a trend and i think that you know i mean one thing that is also significant about obama going to to addis that we haven't talked about is of course it is the headquarters for the African Union, and you know that that is symbolically important. And perhaps the the Obama administration sees this as an opportunity to, you know, sort of speak to the continent, speak to these different these different dynamics that are going on in different countries. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there's there's this look. It looks like they're endorsing Ethiopia. So it's a it's a really serious dilemma. So. Uh, Obama will address the African Union, uh, yeah. be the first president to do so uh, from the you know pulpit of the AU right. headquarters in, in Addis. Um, so what do you expect that uh, that speech to be about? Or what do you, I guess here's two different questions. What one would you as, as a, a leading Africanist hope that that conversation's about? Uh, and uh, what do you expect it to actually say? What do you expect him to actually say? Well, I think I've been doing this too long to hope anymore. <laughs> um, I expect him to say the same thing that U.S. presidents always say when they're in Africa. So he's going to talk about um, the strategic pillars that U.S. Africa policy is built around, things like uh, stability, you know, combating violence, combating um, human rights abuses against civilians. He'll talk about uh, health issues like fighting HIV, um, other serious and neglected tropical diseases. Um, he'll talk about, you know, partnerships on terrorism. He'll talk about uh, probably the Young Leaders Initiative. I'm sure, you know, the, the president likes to give sort of shout outs to individual people. And I'm sure there'll be a couple people who get who get recognized for their work as, as civil society actors. Um, what I wish he would talk about um, is, is, you know, maybe maybe getting a little more real, and, and maybe he will. There, there's always some discussion about democracy. Um, but do you go into the African Union, which is, which is not your house, so to speak, and, and start condemning the institution for being what many observers would call a dictator's club, where leaders protect one another, where 
you know, there aren't really challenges if Pierre Nkurunziza says that he wants to stay in power for a third term in Burundi uh, and the African Union doesn't doesn't really take any meaningful action to prevent that from happening. Um, we're getting to have a, a big wave right now of leaders who are either ignoring term limits or trying to change their constitutions to allow themselves to stay in power in both Congos, in Rwanda, in Burundi, um, and, and several other places across the continent. And I don't I don't know whether Obama will speak out strongly on that or not. If he does, he might get booed. Um, you know, can you say in front of in front of representatives from Zimbabwe if they even if they even show up or or Sudan, will they take him seriously uh, if he See, starts to I criticize have, these records? I have a hard time thinking he'll be booed. I mean, he's still you know the first African president, right? I mean, there's still I don't I, know. There's a lot of hostility toward Obama that has grown in in recent years. From there's official. A lot of circles but no not just officially i mean it's it's also ordinary people i think it's really hard to to overstate how angry many africans are about um the growing acceptance for for rights for gay and lesbian and transgender and um bisexual americans there's there's a lot of anger and fear you know you're seeing all these potential protests in kenya and elsewhere on the continent where people are like if he even tries to talk about this we're gonna we're gonna have a fit um there's a lot of disillusionment. People really thought that U.S. Africa policy was going to be more focused on Africa and make a, a bigger difference than it has under Obama. Um, and it's pretty clear at this stage in his administration that that's not going to be the case, that, that Obama has treated Africa largely like all of his predecessors have treated Africa as you know, largely an afterthought and, and certainly not the top priority. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they would boo him, but um, I don't know how much he's going to push them either. Um, so we'll, we'll just have to see. Thank you, Laura. This was really helpful and interesting and fun. You're welcome, Mark. Thanks for having me. Well, I hope you found that helpful. I know I definitely did. Glad I could sneak this bonus episode. And thank you guys all for listening. And we'll see you next week. Oh, remember, you can go to globaldispatchespodcast.com to subscribe on iTunes. Get the app for free. And if you go to iTunes, please do leave a review. Thanks. All right. We'll see you later. Bye. Thank you.